a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Welcome, my friends, to Advanced what, what, Birthday Medicine. What is that? Is it a birthday for you, Dr. Batar? I guess hey. it is. Hey, hey I'm on the line, too. Look at the I'm here, too. Anymore, so. Wait a second. Ty Bollinger's <laughs> crashing your party. His birthday was yesterday. Party. Ty, hey, you're who, a little late to the party. Who the riffraff in? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, like I said, my birth- I knew my, my birthday would be first. You know, you're always going to be second fiddle to me, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> to you, for you, Ty, I'm okay with being second fiddle. <laughs> oh man! Well, this is great. We, we we all sing happy birthday, but then we'd have no listeners left. So uh, anyway, acknowledging two of my best buddies out there uh, doing such great healing work and helping people, I, I just you know, in one sense, I'd say, well, what can we give you guys? But you guys are just like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I'm not sure. Is that good or bad? Yeah. Well, if it's to... good, I'll take credit for it. If it's bad, Ty, you got this. It's me, okay. Well, we're going to check with your wives, and then then we'll get the interpretation. They'll let me know later. <laughs> you know what? Someone just – hold on. Someone just stepped in, in the office here. Yeah? Hang on. They said – what? Oh, they got a they got a birthday song for Dr. Buttar. Hang on just a second. Uh-oh. Okay. Come on. Here we go. Okay. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Ty. Happy uh... birthday. <laughs> Day to Robert, there's something wrong with him. This is really wrong. Are you happy birthday, <laughs> Mr. Doctor? <laughs> Mr. Doctor. Happy birthday to you. No, that's... you he, needs, he needs more than psychiatric intervention. Oh, here. my gosh. I think was... he needs a frontal lobotomy. That was Ty Bollinger putting on a two-piece swimsuit and pretending he's Marilyn Monroe just for Dr. <laughs> Batar. <laughs> I had a, I actually had a frontal lobotomy a few years ago, Doc. You're, you're dead on accurate there. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I think you need to get a, ask for a refund because I don't think they got enough of your front lobe. Oh, boy. <laughs> they left a little bit too much. This is definitely, you know, we try to top each other on uh, most unusual types of outside-the-box Wednesdays and advanced medicine Mondays. That's why I can't put you two guys in the same room together. You know, I'm not sure. I think we should relabel this one because this really isn't, there's nothing advanced about this and there's nothing medical about this either. This is a little bit more primitive. Yeah. Oh, anyway, listen, I, I appreciate you both, you guys, and I want a uh, double birthday barrel, if you will, uh, today because we couldn't get Ty on the air yesterday, but uh, glad to have you on board. Everybody check out Ty. He was on uh, Carol Alden on Saturday and Sunday talking cannabis, amazingly enough. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe he took a hit of cannabis before he got on the show just now. That, you know, it could it, be lingering. Yeah, if you saw the, the RSB 180 from last week, oh, Super Don had some fun putting, or he superimposed a picture of me in between Cheech and Chong's with a big old doobie, so that was kind of funny. We had a good laugh about that. Oh, classic, classic stuff. Well, actually, for any listener out there, though, if they haven't seen the video, I, I actually haven't seen the video yet, but mm-hmm. I know the presentation that you gave at the Advanced Medicine Seminar Tie back in August of 2013, that uh, hour-long lecture was... For me, it was an eye-opener because I had no idea the history, the the richness of the history of how uh, hemp has been historically in the United States been considered to be one of the most significant gifts from God, from the mm-hmm. Creator. Yeah. yeah. And and how the now it makes sense why it's been ostracized because anything that's that universally, one, abundant, and two, utilizable, they don't want people to have that abundance. And it 
it comes back to that same adage that my dad shared with me when I was younger, and it came from a book, and I believe it was a book that Andrew Carnegie wrote or edited or was involved with somehow, one of maybe the Napoleon Hill books. And the poem is, I argued with life for a penny only to find dismayed that anything I would have asked of life, life would have paid. And this is one of those components that we pray to the Creator for prosperity and for abundance. And hemp was one of those things that can be used in so many different industries from paper and I've understood from Ty your lecture yep. everything from from uh, household goods, oils, medicine, food. Um, I mean, it it can be used for so many different yep. components. Fuel and I'm sorry, fuel as well. I mean, it, it's fuel. an incredible thing. It would reduce our reliance on these petrochemicals. Mm-hmm. Of course, the intensity to grow the forests. Uh, Ty mentioned on the air with Carol Alt about the Hearst, uh, you know, empire, the newspaper empire, and how he owned forest land and didn't want hemp to be used instead of his trees. So it would hurt him economically, but at the same time, it destroyed the environment. But they didn't give yeah. a flip about that. Yeah, there was a, a popular mechanics article in 1938. It was 25,000 uses for, for the hemp plant. So it's really phenomenal, the amount of, of uh, different different distinct uses for hemp. And being only six minute segment on the Carol All Show, you really don't get much of a chance to get into much depth. So you kind of have to give a broad overview. But it, right. well, I tell you, you could we, you could literally do a, a couple of hours mm-hmm. on just hemp and, and still have a lot and more to go. When you were there, weren't we videotaping that? Did I we think so? I think, I think, you think did. it should be in existence somewhere. It'd be great to see yeah, that. Right. that full I, think, I think we did videotape it. Now that I remember, we had a video crew there, and we should actually get that thing edited down and put that somewhere so people can actually watch it. In fact, that's what I'll do. That would be that's great. such an important lecture. I really found that lecture to be fascinating. And the quotes yeah. that you give from Ben Franklin and George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, all these founding fathers, all these people that are considered to be where the United States actually started, and their opinions, their statements, their quotes on the hemp plant, it was just more than fascinating. Yeah. Uh, hey, I appreciate that. I, I really think that is just uh, it, the, the plant. Of course, being such a good plant, of course, they're going to outlaw it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like you, you do the thing that you would think they do the thing that that nobody would do in their right mind, mm-hmm. or the U.S. government does. You know yeah. what? I just had an epiphany. I don't know if it's an epiphany or not. It is for me. Well, now um, that you're wearing a two-piece swimsuit, you might as well call it something special. <laughs> hey, uh, don't, don't be so sarcastic, big boy. Um, now, you know what we should do? We should uh, you, you should text Carol and and uh, Doctor Batar should he needs to go on a healthy you too. I could see yeah. him being a great guest. Well, on we're working we're working with the producers to get him on there uh, with a schedule okay. permitting. So yeah, definitely yeah. that's that, our goal. Get get Doctor Batar out there as well. Absolutely. Uh, inevitably, it will happen. Yeah, but I don't have the knowledge of hemp that uh, Ty does. And no, no, no. You know, you, you would be going on to speak about things in your wheelhouse, and and what we need to do is get I, Carol. I know, Robert. I was being sarcastic though, because of the knowledge <laughs> of hemp. Get it? Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> we just saw some of the evidence of Ty's intimate knowledge of hemp. Yes, we did. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I think I think that's funny, but due to my previous frontal lobotomy, I'm not real sure. All right. Well, if, if we if we get serious for a moment, guys. Hemp, the, you know, this becomes even more important with what we talked about last week, Dr. Batar, uh, about the radiation exposure. And it isn't just the sailors that were just outside of Fukushima after the event, but now we're talking about anybody in the Northern Hemisphere, particularly right now. And hemp actually has, there's evidence that it can help remediate radiation. Really? I just thought when you started saying this, I thought, wait a second, he's not going to say that hemp will remediate radiation, but I I didn't know that. I have no idea that it, that was possible. Yeah. Anybody know the mechanism for action? 
Well, I think partly that the evidence is literally by planting it in the area of it takes it out of the soil, absorbs it. And I don't know about its ability to be ingested for that specific purpose, but certainly for reducing its availability to other things that you might eat, you're going to have the ability to pull it out of those areas. So it must be kind of like cilantro where it's a natural uh, concentrator of heavy metals because the radiation, the, one of the most detrimental components, the radiation is plutonium and uranium that's actually causing the radiation. Mm-hmm. So it must sequester that out of the environment somehow, which is, a, that's, that's amazing. Because <clears throat> here's the thing that we need to understand. Exposure is one thing, mm-hmm. but chronic insidious consumption of water and food substances that are recycling through the planet and the radiation, that's one reason it persists for 50, 100 years. That chronic insidious utilization and assimilation into our systems of this radioactive material right. is what will cause the entire northern hemisphere within the next five, ten years. In fact, I think the article I sent you, Robert, yes. made that estimate somewhere in the next five to ten years. They estimated that everybody in North America uh, will have some type of a cancer or cancerous type process going on. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and this is why Mike Adams is working so heavily with his forensic foods lab because. He's actually running tests through gastrointestinal, uh, uh, what do they call equivocators? I don't know if the right, the right word there, but he's literally testing all these botanical substances, different foods through there to see what is binding out and holding on to the radiation through the GI tract because we know we won't be able to get completely radiation free food. So what can we eat along with the food that we may, we may know carry some level of contamination to bind it before it gets absorbed through the GI tract? And that's very important work he's undertaking right now. That's fascinating because that's uh, it work that if it is available, nobody knows about. It, well, exactly, but that's that's the nature of Mike Adams. He just tends to see see an idea. Yeah, he's definitely a pioneer, isn't he? Yeah, and we'll need a lot more of these pioneers to get this information out. But we're doing our level best, and I appreciate both you guys. Now, uh, Doctor Matari, you sent me a story. I think World Net Daily published it about Japan's radiation of poisoning uh, uh, America and American food supply. Uh, you've seen this, and uh, obviously have some things to say. Well. When you start to see the evidence of what's happening to the food supply, you start seeing the mutated salmon that are swimming upstream. You start seeing the fish that are caught in the ocean and the clear evidence of radioactive exposure, radiation poisoning that they've had. And, you know, at that point, now you start asking about the genetic anomalies that are occurring. And then what are the consequences of ingesting those genetic anomalies? And what is that doing to our system? And what is that doing to our immune system? And what is that going to do to our children within the next 10, 15, 20 years? Right. It is beyond catastrophic. Well, we're going to take a break here. We're going to go more into radiation remediation uh, with Dr. Batar. Ty, thanks for dropping by. And, uh, you know, next time, try to... Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. <laughs> hey, you know, thanks, RSB. I appreciate it. Dr. Batar, thank you so much, my friend, for all that you do. Happy birthday to you, too. And, and, and honestly, I hope neither of you are too mentally scarred from the rendition of happy birthday that I just gave. Well, we're going to be taking some form I'm, of I'm, cannabis on I'm the break. slightly disturbed. And we'll be right back. <laughs> in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. What's the pathway out of this mess? Of course, a lot of it is contained within the nine steps to keep the doctor away. Dr. Batar is the international bestseller. We always have it linked up here in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. 
Once again, an unusual event with Ty Bollinger showing up to sing to us or to Dr. Bizarre. I got, I don't know whether to apologize or just pretend it didn't <laughs> I wish happen. she was singing to you, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, we, we need to find some remediation for that, too. But uh, seriously, everything you wrote about in, in your book, Dr. Bizarre, I mean, all I can say is everything times 10. I mean, that, it, it just becomes all the more important because when we're dealing with the normal toxicological burdens, the metals and things, we weren't thinking in terms of mass chronic radiation type exposures. Exactly. We, these were not things that, one, we anticipated and, you know, who, who would have thought something like this? If somebody would have thought of something like this, this was because of a nuclear disaster secondary to a conflict between two nations or something, but it's happened from a nuclear reactor. The the fallout is the same, no pun intended. It's the right. same consequences and potentially even worse than had it been from a situation of conflict because here it was a tsunami. It was actually the weather currents at that point. There was such extreme weather and it was dissipating and expelling dust into the atmosphere at a much in a much more pronounced manner, perhaps is the best way of putting it. Yes. But with the exception of the airflow, the wind currents and the water currents, with the exception of that preventing the entire planet from being exposed to that. I mean, that's one reason we in the northern hemisphere in the Americas, we are getting 90% plus of the brunt of that particular disaster. It didn't go westward. It all went eastward. So it hit the west coast. It's, you know, it's affecting Canada and the United States, not only on the western seaboard but it's actually gotten all the way to the east coast over a year ago there were some people independent people that were testing the radioactivity level up on the mountain about 12 i think it was about uh they were 1200 or maybe 1500 feet above sea level then they went 6000 feet above sea level in the appalachian range and they were testing to see the level of exposure of radioactivity from coming from this uh, J- Japanese disaster. And it was over a hundredfold greater than what was considered to be safe. So that was a year, year and a half ago. And my son, uh, Abi, asked me, he said, Dad, if this is what's going on, if this is true, then why haven't we heard about it? And I said, for the same reason, we don't hear about any of the truths because the media is keeping it quiet. But there's quite a bit of information on the Internet about this, especially on YouTube, where they've actually got people videotaping the Geiger counters showing the level of acti- radioactivity increasing, and they have no idea what it's going to be, but they're live recording it to show what the levels are. And that was a year, year and a half ago, so we don't even know what the consequences are right now. It's in the food supply already. Right, it's right. in our water supply already. There's nothing that we can do to stop it short of leaving mm-hmm. and going to a different part of the world. There's nothing that we can do to stop that getting to our food supply. Now what we have to do is figure out how to improve, clean up the food supply, and do our best to reduce the exposure that we're all getting. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, hit it with all the things that, that tend to bind it. And again, that's part of what we were mentioning with uh, the research that's going on. But, uh, you know, as far as we know, the government's not conducting it. I mean, it's, ha- it's only happened by in- innovative entrepreneurs and people that want to help others to survive this. So if we, if we see that they're claiming that H1N1 is back this year and it's badder than ever, uh, I would argue that we're talking again about toxic pollutants. We see the chemtrails being sprayed above us. And on top of that, uh, elevated levels of radiation on chronic exposure basis. You and I have discussed this at length in previous advanced medicine broadcasts, how radiation, chronic radiation exposure takes away your immune system. Absolutely. It's a slow, insidious assault. It's a chronic burden that is, just think of a person that's walking around 
one person's walking around with just their clothes on, another person's walking around with a 50-pound rucksack. But that person walking around with a 50-pound rucksack constantly, everywhere they go, when they get up to go eat breakfast, they go to the bathroom, they're brushing their teeth, wherever they're going, they've got this 50-pound rucksack on their back. Well, it's going to wear them down, and that's exactly what this type of exposure does. It's a chronic burden that the individual has to carry. It ruins the immune system. It, it's, you know, I don't know that I can say this word, so I'm not even going to try, but yeah. it's it's literally... Uh, assaulting. Yes. I was going to say something else, but again, Robert, I have no idea what you can and can't say on the air, so I don't want to get anybody. Well, in trouble, no, but... I appreciate that because we don't want to have to bleep you. But uh, right. but, but it's, it's it's just annihilating the, the immune yeah. system. And then the other consequences: what happens besides the burden on the immune system? Then you've got a chronic burden on the endocrine system. So you go into yeah. a flight fight response. So your uh, adrenal system goes all haywire, and you in, in a constant state of adrenal exhaustion. And then what does that do to the heart? To, to the Various other right, systems the heart, that have implications system, on so it's a spiral. It's a domino effect. You know, you kick one domino over, and then everything starts to cascade. Stand downstream. by. The dominoes have led us into the next break. We're going to be back with Dr. Rashid Batar for more advanced medicine after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Obviously, we got radiation on our minds today on the Robert Scott Bell Show. It's not something we'd like to have on our minds or our bodies or anywhere else. Uh, but uh, the things that are going on on this planet at this point in time necessitate our discussion here. And Dr. Batar, I want to remind everybody they can go back to listen to any of our shows together easy by going to medicalrewind.com. That's the fastest, easiest way to go directly to all of the appearances with Dr. Batar and I talking about many subjects, including this radiation. When I remember, we discussed at length, and I don't know how long ago this was, but the idea that they could brush over this radiation thing by just saying, hey, look, it's an infectious disease pandemic of some kind and blame a microbe for what really was the reduction of immune function by radiation. Which is exactly what's been done in the past with other types of situations. It was what happened with polio. It was what happened with many, many various types of diseases that were caused by chemical, by caused by industry, and it was blamed on some kind of virus. And we call that, in fact, I think it was uh, in Liam's book, or was it in Ty's book? I can't remember either in official stories or in Ty's monumental myths where they talk about how the virus hunters, uh, it, they become the virus hunters. Everything's blamed on a virus because it yeah. surely can't be something else. Well, of course, we know that it is something else, but they don't want the industry to have to take the hit on it. Correct. And all the carcinogenic substances and all the immune uh, debilitating substances that we're being exposed to, all the insecticides and the pesticides, all these substances that have now been shown 50 years after being in commerce to be highly, highly detrimental to an individual's health. All those things were blamed on actually a virus. Polio is a really good example, which because I didn't know about this with polio, but if you look at polio, the polio issue, and Robert, you know this, right, with the DDT. With oh, yeah. I remember Liam did that brilliant poster. I mean, oh, that's just, right. Remember all the right. images? Was, all the, Yeah, he just told, pulled the posters from all the different things that were being promoted back then. They were spraying DDT, I mean, horrible pesticides over everyone and everything, and the, and the plants and the apples, and people were eating it, and then they were seeing paralysis. I mean, and they were actually they had ads of little children saying that they weren't worried about flies or insects because they'd had their dose of DDT. And these were actual advertisements being 
put out in the media, newspapers and such. And then there's a graph that Liam showed, and it shows that the incidence of DDT being used more and then polio following in its wake. And then there's a dip in the use of DDT and there's a dip in polio. And then there's another spike in DDT and spike in polio right afterwards. And then all of a sudden DDT is taken off the market and polio disappears. Yeah. And but it was all blamed yeah, on, on, on a, a virus. Some as type you said. Of path. Because if, if it was DDT, then an industry, DuPont, Monsanto, all of these companies would have to take liability. It would put them out of business. And we know the business of governments is business. <laughs> and, and that wheel keeps going round and round until they destroy all of us. Uh, I guess the question is, do they think they can survive this radiational onslaught? That is the question, because you would think that they would be bright enough to understand that they're exposing themselves and their own kids. But right. maybe they've got something that we don't know, or maybe they're just not that bright. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if it's just the not that bright, I mean, it really almost doesn't matter. In either case, it's, it's sinister because we can do ourselves in through ignorance or arrogance. When you're done in, are they going to look back and say, well, we'll excuse you because you were ignorant? Well, you know, that's a, that's a really good question. And for me, <clears throat> whether they're ignorant or whether they're, that's a sinister mm-hmm. plot, which I believe it probably is the latter. My concern is my children. Right. As is your concern, your children. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, for you and me, Robert, you know, we've we've been on this planet for, you know, 40 plus years. And yes, <clears throat> we have a long time left on this planet. But my concern as a parent, and I know your concern as a parent, is more what's going to happen to our children because they've got a lot more time on this planet. And we have to keep this planet safe and clean because if we don't, they're the ones who are going to have to deal with the brunt of the issues, not us. Well, and we've seen the... A weakening of the, uh, well, the population, these kids coming in, the generations weakening because of the exposures from day one. We've talked extensively. I mean, we think about all the building of this information we've been doing together with your book as well, uh, planting the seeds of understanding what has happened. Why are these kids, uh, much sicker? Why do they expect to live shorter lives, less healthy lives than previous generations where the trend was different through the 20th century despite a lot of toxicological assaults? And now we're looking at it and saying, well, how do we protect our kids? And, of course, one of the primary ways is, you know, we, we keep them away from doctors as much as we can, <laughs> to be honest. Like your book says, the nine steps to keep the doctor away. One of those things is avoiding vaccinations. But as we say, we can't avoid somewhat contaminated food. So we got to do the best we can to limit exposure and then bind out, remediate that which we know is present. Yeah, and, Robert, <clears throat> I want to just add to that point that you just made about staying away from doctors. Yes. You know, when people talk about preventive medicine, mm-hmm. remember that a vaccine is not preventive medicine. It is the most absurd thing, but preventive medicine, the definition of preventive medicine, what I have seen when I hear doctors are doing preventive medicine, I think, oh, this is a doctor that's going to be using the similar type of philosophy as I am. And then I start realizing what they're doing preventive medicine. They're talking about putting people on statin drugs. Right. They're talking about giving vaccinations. And this is their idea of preventing disease by giving drugs that are supposedly going to prevent a person from having an issue and giving vaccines to prevent infections. Well, and processes. radiation scans like uh, mammograms. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. So for the listeners out there, that is not preventive medicine. Preventive medicine means that you do things to prevent the need for medicine, i.e. what Thomas Edison said about using your food as your medicine. You need to start looking at what you're ingesting, at what your activity level, you know, all these different components that you yourself have the power to invoke. Do you, you're, just like the slogan of our show, you, the power to heal is yours. It is 
truly one of the greatest truths that have has been basically people have forgotten it. People didn't realize mm-hmm. it. It is a very profound thing because you have the power not only in your own body to heal, but you have the power to make these decisions yourself. Awareness is a key. And once you're aware and once you empower yourself with knowledge, then nobody can take you uh, take advantage of you. No, you can't right, be the right. victim anymore. So you make sure that you are proactive because if you're depending on a doctor or a governmental body or somebody else to protect you, you are wrong by definition. You, it is your obligation to protect you, yourself and your children. And by making sure that you make the right choices in what you're eating and, and where you're living and what you're drinking, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so true. And if we look at uh, the issue of prevention, I love the way you brought it up. And you know, preventive medicine is not a vaccine. Preventive medicine is not a statin drug. It's not a mammogram. None of these things. I like what you said. The preventive, preventive medicine is more or less doing the things you need to do to prevent the use of a medicine, the, the perceived need, real or imagined, of that medicine, which is, you know, high, very toxic and very dangerous. And I, you know, I, I look at this and, and I, and I think how uncommon common sense has become in our culture and particularly in medicine. Yeah, it it's not very common at all anymore, is it? No, uh, that's the thing. If we look at uh, how we're speaking what I would consider very basic truths, and if we step back from our words and we go, wow, you know, isn't this kind of stuff we teach our kids in second, first grade? Yet many adults have lost sight of that, even the idea of the obligation to care for ourselves and not turn our bodies over to so-called experts that may have literally no expertise in caring for your body, but they're certainly... Uh, maybe expert at prescribing substances that can actually do you much more harm than good. And that's one of the things, Robert, I always try to tell my patients, and I've said this in public forums when I've lectured to doctors and to the lay audience, and that is that don't believe what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, do your own research, and then resort to your own intellect and make that decision. Think about it. Does it appeal to your intellect? Does it make sense does it resonate with you does it feel like the truth you know don't rely on what everybody's saying because you know what some people may be relying on what you and i are saying and i would challenge them don't just listen to us because we're saying it and believe us right look within yourself does it make sense to you does it resonate with you yes check does it gut check yeah does you does you exactly your gut check Mm -hmm. you know people call it the gut check the sixth sense you know intuition whatever does it make sense does it appeal to your own intellect everybody has a brain God gave us a brain for a reason. Does it make sense to you? And if it does, then follow it. And do your own research. Find out the truth. Many times there are people that will get on the Internet, and the Internet is full of great information and a lot of misinformation on purpose. Mm -hmm. Look at it. I mean, you want to see some information? Go on the Internet and do a Google search of me and see how many, you know. Well, it's so funny. My attorney told me, he said, you're an interesting character. He says, you have people that say you walk on water on one side and people that say you're the biggest scum bucket that ever lived on the other <laughs> side because there's nobody that's in the middle saying, oh, he's an okay guy. So I yeah, guess right. I'm happy with being you know, a polarizing agent, as they call it. But go on the internet and then look at the information. Look at both sides. Look at everything we're saying. Look at what Robert and I are talking about and then look at yeah. what the opposite sides, our detractors say, and look at what they're saying and assess their information and then see which one really makes sense. Right. Which one speaks to you? Which one says that this is the truth? Follow me. Yeah, and mercury injections or, well, natural medicine with no side effects. And here's an, here's an interesting argument I got from an intellectual leftist recently. Well, you, you, okay, people won't die from taking your homeopathic medicine, but because there are no side effects, that means it, it, it's not real medicine. 
So his measure of real medicine is if it has side effects. I'm like, oh, I don't know where to go with that one. <laughs> well, no, th- there you go. That's a perfect example. When you hear that, does that resonate with you? And it resonates with me. It, it makes me say, yeah, you're right. It doesn't have any side effects. So that's the one I'm going to go with because something that's going to have side effects and that's what you call a medicine, I want to stay the hell away from that. <laughs> I know, but this is this is the the lack of logic that that uh, parades as intellectual uh, uh, superiority uh, in our world. These are the folks that come through these high uh, institutions of learning, and they come out with a strange thought. But it's again material re- materialistic reductionism again. Well, I totally agree with you, Robert. And I would like to think that, given everything that we've done and that we have been exposed to and that our children are being exposed to and that people will have to deal with on this planet, that there is a scorekeeper up there somewhere Mm. that's keeping score. And those that are on purpose putting out this misinformation, and if they have led people astray, for example, the offits of the world, who have single-handedly caused millions of people to be damaged uh, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say millions. It's got to be millions of people because millions of people have received those vaccines. Right. Uh, that their time will come and they will have to uh, respond to their grievances. They will have to. Well, I, yeah, I, I believe that. I do. I, I think what's frustrating for us sometimes down here is that we, we, we want to see the justice happen here and now, but there's a, a justice in God's time. That's uh, beyond us, and sometimes we have to have that that faith and recognize that there is a cause and effect playing itself out and holding the universe together. Listen, we're going to take another break here, having a, a fascinating discussion, as we always do here, Advanced Medicine Monday on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Dr. Rasha Batar, you can find him at Dr. Batar, dot com. All the links are up. We're going to wrap it up with a listener question and more after this. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. We were just talking about the scorekeeper up above, Dr. Batar. I know you've got thoughts about it, though. I was just going to make a comment that I don't want people to start thinking about We were talking about religion here because right. I'm not a religious person at all. I am a very spiritual person. And I think in any faith, or even if people say that, well, I don't believe in God, or I'm you know, an atheist or agnostic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even those people believe in nature, they believe in right and wrong, they believe in truth, and they believe in the dichotomy of, of a black and white or... Sure, the light and the dark. Good and bad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. light and dark. And as we've said before, Robert, that uh, sometimes it's good to experience the dark because then you appreciate the light more. But I just wanted to mention that even that scorekeeper, whatever yes. your belief is, the, nature has a way of remembering Yes. Whatever goes around comes around. The yin yang, whatever you want to talk about, whatever, whatever denomination, whatever faith. The point being that there is an equalizer. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I want people to remember is that no matter how dark you think it is, there's always people, you, you, you always have something to be grateful for. So don't take this in a negative way with radiation everywhere. What are we going to do? How's this going to affect the planet? What's going to happen to our kids? Hope is the most important thing, and taking proactive steps, whatever those steps are, you can never go wrong as long as you move forward. Yeah, exactly. Well said, well said. So uh, I want to get to a question from Brandon, our uh, 15-year-old, I believe, in, out of Utah, 
And he was asking, first of all, something that uh, he's called a concave chest, pectum excavatum. Uh, is, yeah, pectus, pectus excavatum. Ex, thank you, ex, excavatum. So tell me about this uh, scenario. What is this? Uh, is this a real serious defect in most cases or what? Well, it's actually some people are born with it, and essentially it's a malfunction in the actual chest wall. So the chest wall basically kind of caves in a little bit. Okay. It's just in a development aspect when the fetus was developing for some reason in some people. The the chest is almost like a barrel. Well, this is, think of it as a barrel, but the front of it where the chest is, is dented inwards. Right. I have so that on my left side of my rib cage, but it was from an injury as a child. I flew off of a trampoline and hit a tree like Superman on my side, and it kind of dented it in. Uh, but I don't know that mm. it's impacted me. I mean, maybe it could energetically, but uh, I would imagine if you can function and breathe uh, that you wouldn't have to have surgical intervention in something like this. No, no. It's it's something that many people uh, have, and they live a totally normal life. It's nothing that I would say that a person needs to try to correct. This, it's okay. a development thing. You know, it's the, the chest didn't develop outward. It developed inwards for whatever reason. Okay. And I would certainly not worry about it. All right. Now, Brandon's development intellectually, we can call it that. He wants to become a healer, a doctor of some kind. He's thinking like the naturopathic colleges, but maybe uh, MD career would still be good, but very concerned about the debt involved in that, that we talk about. Maybe an orthopedist, he says, to deal with broken bones and ligaments and stuff, because I know this guy doesn't want to be a drug doctor after listening to us. Yeah, I find it really intriguing that this is a 15-year-old that's listening to our show, and we know we have minors that are listening to our show all the time, which is a huge feather in our caps, Robert. I mean, that's a really big thing that we're, for whatever reason, kids are listening to us. It, it's a little worrisome that why are these kids listening to us, but it's also good that the, <laughs> that the future generation is aware to a level that, that uh, yeah. How are we going to explain Thai to them today? Yeah, I, I'm, we just have to explain to them <laughs> that they're higher cognitive beings, and unfortunately, now they're seeing why they are superior to us cognitively than than us. So they're an improvement on their parents, just like we all want to be improvement uh, on our parents. Yes. We want our children to be improvements on us. Right. Um, unfortunately, you can see the defect right there with Thai, and, and okay. how sometimes we fall off the you know the wagon there. Well, listen, um, Brandon asks sincerely, superior, yeah, sincerely about the education. I mean, he says maybe you, uh, Dr. Batar, can hold a spot open for his residency. But, you know, how many people are really understand how many years it takes to learn this stuff? As we, you know, we can spout off things. It sounds like uh, we've known it forever. But, you know, we had to learn this as well. Right, exactly. Um, because if you go to medical school, you're not going to learn this stuff in medical school. You have to learn whatever they teach you, pay the price, and then learn most of this stuff on your own and go to some conferences where you have other people that are like-minded that have shared their experiences and their wisdom and then you slowly develop your understanding and it evolves but th there's a lot of things over here that he kind of talks about and Robert we've actually covered this a couple of times in past shows too so maybe and we're almost out of time so it's got to be real quick yeah well maybe he can just refer back to some of those past shows but okay you know, you got to do what your heart tells you to do. Right. That's, that's basically the summary. That's the message today, and as is every week here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, particularly when we go out, outside the box on Wednesdays with Ty. But now I don't know if he's going to show up after that, that thing he did today. <laughs> but it's yeah. a happy birthday day for Dr. Batar, and he wants to remind you, as do I, that the power to heal is most definitely yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show.